Tibet, the most dramatic physical feature on the face of the Earth. An arid plateau as large as Western Europe that includes over three quarters of the Earth's land surface, more than four kilometers high. Its southern ramparts, the Himalayas, soar to altitudes well over eight kilometers above sea level. South of the Himalayas, there's a marked climate change. Verdant slopes are irrigated each summer by the monsoon. The Earth has seen nothing like it before, certainly not for a billion years, perhaps over its entire history. No wonder it's thought to have a major influence on the world's weather patterns. The Earth's climate has been warm for hundreds of millions of years, a greenhouse Earth. Then that Earth began to change. It began to get cooler, first slowly. By about 40 million years ago, there was ice in Antarctica and in Greenland. It got colder still, and then almost in a twinkling of an eye, huge ice sheets began to form, eventually reaching depths of well over a mile. Why did that happen? The consequences of a vast high-standing plateau on changing global climate was first realized by Bill Ruddiman. I was thinking that we might make a major contribution to solving the problem at the beginning of glaciation, partly because uplifted terrain gets cooler and partly because it turns the winds in such a way that, well, that for instance, uh, there's a more northerly flow into North America, into the area where the glaciers grew. So it, it was a reasonable uh, assumption that it might help promote glaciation. When Bill came along with the idea that perhaps mountain uplift was changing the wind patterns in the planet in a way that would promote glaciation in high latitudes, bring cold Arctic air further south. This was an exciting idea to me. John Kutzbach is a climate scientist who experiments with computer simulations of the world's atmosphere. Bill Ruddiman's uplift idea suggested a new experiment. What effect did the rising of Tibet have on the Earth's climate? Kutzbach calculated the effect of Tibet at three heights. First, Tibet at sea level. We've got this box outline where the Himalayan mountains and the Tibetan plateau are, so you can have that for reference. Then the coloring on here shows the rainfall patterns in the summertime, and you see that there's just a little bit of rainfall here in Southeast Asia and over in Africa. Now, if we advance this to our experiment with half mountains, you see that things are beginning to happen. And then if we go to the full mountain simulation, there's even a more dramatic change. Very heavy precipitation on the south and southeast corner of the Tibetan Plateau over southeastern Asia, and very large dry area extending from the Middle East into the Mediterranean and North Africa. But what are the physical causes of these changes? If we had a low-lying continent of this form, you might get a very weak convection cell with rising air spreading out in the upper atmosphere and then air coming in from the surrounding ocean, perhaps producing a little bit of rain along the edges of the continent. But it just wouldn't be a very exciting circulation because there's nothing on this continent to really focus the heating of the sunlight. If instead we place a high plateau on a continent such as this, all of a sudden the sunlight during the summertime has a real focal point for heating this high plateau. So you have very more active 
currents of air rising over this plateau, spreading out, sinking, and air literally rushing in towards the continent. In addition to the air coming in towards the continent, the spin of the Earth makes the air more or less spiral in. The air coming in off the Indian Ocean, spiraling in over the continent, banging into the Tibetan Plateau, being forced to ascend, producing violent thunderstorms along the face of the plateau. What Kurtzbeck had found was nothing less than the Indian monsoon system. This was the direct consequence of the uplift of the Tibetan Plateau. We had gotten the results out of the computer here in Madison, and I uh, hopped on a plane with a lot of computer output, went to his lab in, in Lamont, and we spread all of these things out and looked at them. I remember still with a sense of delight sitting in my office and we took the results from the model, the general circulation model, and I came to a, a, just a very different realization and I think in a way he may have as well as to, as to how beautifully the uplift of, the, of Tibet changes the distribution of moisture. It doesn't explain everything on the face of the earth, but it has a major effect on, on the patterns of, of wet and dry climate and vegetation through the mid-latitudes, not just on the plateau, but well around the plateau, upstream and downstream. The results of the model ended up explaining a little bit of almost everything except what we were after. There was really a very small cooling of the Arctic area and the areas where ice sheets must grow. Although successful in many respects, the ruddyman kutzbach model was not able to predict large-scale global cooling. They'd not found a likely cause for the ice ages. <laughs> 